following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well here on ESPN 106.7. It is Friday, October 6, 2023. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7. I'm here two days in a row. Crazy, right? I know. Two days in a row here on the radio in the studio. I'm feeling really, really good today. Still tired. Don't get me wrong. Still tired. Tired. I'm still trying to uh, get back in the groove of things um, and, and just kind of recover from from the sickness. But um, back today again. Uh, yesterday was the first day back of the entire week. Had a really good show yesterday. Um, talking about Auburn, Georgia. Had three great guests yesterday, and we've got three great guests coming up today as well. We're getting Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports on the phone right now. We're going to go over the biggest betting lines across the SEC in what is a fantastic weekend of football in the Southeastern Conference. So we're getting him on the phone. We're going to get to him in just a couple of minutes. We also have our weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante that we're going to have for you uh, coming up at 2.30. We play that for you every Friday. That uh, that airs originally on The Drive on Wednesdays at 5.30. Uh, and I normally conduct that interview, but Ben Taylor was able to do it for me this week when I was out sick. And so we're going to have that for you coming up at 2.30. And then Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett will join me in our number two We'll talk about Auburn and what needs to happen in the bye week. Plus, of course, we'll make our picks for around the SEC. And we'll make our picks live on the SEC Football Challenge, which you can find at ESPNAU.com. So be sure you're checking that out and getting your picks in. They are due at Friday, so that's tonight at midnight uh, for this week. So be sure you're getting your picks in for that this week. We'll do that coming up in our number two. Reminder, we are in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio, and we appreciate them being being our studio sponsor between two and four each and every day here on ESPN 106.7. And as we do every Friday to start out the show, we have Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com, and the host of Locked On Bets. He is our betting guy. We bring him on every Friday to talk about the biggest games going on in college football, particularly in the SEC. And Lee, happy Friday, man. This is a wonderful weekend of football around the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, another good one. Can you just imagine what it's going to be like next year when Texas and Oklahoma join? I mean, it's going to be crazy. It is going to be crazy, and that's really the biggest game of the weekend. And no, it's not technically part of the SEC, but I think a lot of fans are counting it already, Lee, and that's a huge one coming up in Texas. I agree. Have you ever been to that game before? I have not, no. I really want to go. It seems like it's just a a whole event, and I've never gotten the chance to go. (laughs) It is. So... I was lucky enough to go many times uh, when I went to school in Texas, went there uh, four times. But before that, I also went four times. My uncle 
was a scout for the Cowboys, and he would fly me out from Miami. And whenever the Cowboys were playing the next day, he had tickets to both. We would go to the Texas OU game, and then whoever the Cowboys were playing the next day. Wow. Let me tell you something. Texas State Fair is incredible. It is huge. You walk in and you see Big Tex. Everyone's seen a picture of him, even though he's been burnt down. Uh, they've rebuilt him. But the key, here's the key before the game. I know the game starts at 11 o'clock there. you got to get two or three Fletcher's corn dogs. Fletcher's corn dogs, okay. Yeah, Fletcher's corn dog, and you wash it down with beer. There you go. Best corn dogs you ever have. Is it one of like the, the massive like foot-long corn dogs? Is that no, what it is? No, They just they're They've been there since 1940. That wow. just kind of says it all. Wow. You know? Well, that sounds yeah. amazing. Well, look, the biggest thing that I've been to fair-wise is the county fair yeah. that we had back in Ohio, and that was not very big. Let me go ahead and tell oh, you. Oh, it, so. it'll be a big one. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> well, and, and it's just it's, it's incredible. Everyone's in, in orange, uh, burnt orange or red, and just the excitement is there. Uh, it is packed. And it's you know it's tradition you know like I was I went as a little boy so whenever I get there you know I get all all juiced up but um, and then always some really really darn good football yeah well you better believe it and there's going to be some good football played there tomorrow and that's one of the many games that we're going to talk about with you Lee uh, you're with Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com you make your picks every single week and people can find you at ParamountSports.com you were three and two last week so you still had the winning record you're still uh, chugging along here in 2023 before we get into the picks tell everybody where they can find you and what all kind of deals you guys got going on right now well, just go to the website, ParamountSports.com. We're going to talk about, obviously, some big games, mainly in the uh, SEC this week, but there's some big games going on around the country. I mean, they're all over the place, like Ohio State. They're playing a big, big game against Maryland. Other big games like tonight, Nebraska and Illinois, uh, Michigan, uh, number two rank or one rank, depending on the poll, Michigan Wolverines. They're going up against a – an underrated opponent, and and even Notre Dame and Louisville got all those free pick videos. They're up and available at the site. I'm also on TikTok now. So my two daughters who are 24 and 26, they're like, got to reach the younger crowd. I'm on TikTok. So at Paramount Sports, you want to see some videos there, have some different videos that I've included on that site. And uh, we are on a roll, 34 and 13 in the month of September. For the year since the start of preseason football, 40 and 18. That record is documented. You can go on the site on ParamountSports.com where it says recent results. Every single game I've given my clients over the last five years up and available there. Um, you want to hop on board. We don't call it October. We call it Locktober. Four weeks of games, just $297, ParamountSports.com. Well, there you go. Be sure you go and check that out. And with that, there are some big games this weekend. And let's hop right into it with that Texas and Oklahoma game. It's 11 a.m. It's going to kick off the entire day of college football tomorrow. This has been a little moving here with this game, and a lot of people have Texas winning it. They're the number three team in the country. But Oklahoma decided they want to play a little defense this year, Lee. Who do you have and why? So the line started at six. It went to six and a half, and now it's down to like five, five and a half. Money's coming in on Oklahoma. And the reason is the underdog. It's generally been an underdog season. But I don't know if Oklahoma 
Jets' defense is for real. Now, you look at them and you're like, wow, they look much better. They gave up 30 points per game last year. But I just have some concerns. They played five quarterbacks this year, and all five are either guys that are at a low level are guys that transferred in, or, uh, I mean, were backups, actually. Uh, the starting quarterback got hurt. So I, I, I just think that they're also their running backs and receivers are nothing special. Just think that Texas's players, by watching the Alabama game, are at a different level right now, unless, you know, uh, we see some kind of incredible performance. And I'm talking about next level from Dylan Gabriel, where he goes like, 35 for 42. I think Texas is the right side. I think they pull away late here and win this game here 34 to 24. He's got Texas in uh, one of the biggest games of the weekend coming up. We have some big ones. I know, again, that one's not technically the SEC just yet, uh, but there are some massive games within the Southeastern Conference. Ole Miss um, coming off of a very exciting game against LSU. They take on an Arkansas team that is desperate for a win uh, this weekend between the Rebels and the Razorbacks. So one of the things I took away from watching the Ole Miss game against LSU last week Neither of those defenses really could stop anyone. And they were out there for a lot of plays. They just don't have guys, I mean, on either side that can make plays. I know there was a lot of talk, you know, about LSU's guys, but Ole Miss's defense, nothing special either. I just think K.J. Jefferson's one of these guys going to keep you in it. As a double-digit dog, you saw what he did against LSU. Took him right down to the wire here. I don't think they're super talented here, but he'll just make plays with his arm and his feet here. I think Ole Miss wins the game 42-35, but Arkansas covers. Yeah, that Arkansas team, they may not be able to get the wins, but they're going to give you a fight. There's no doubt about right. it. And they have really played well. They just can't get over the hump, right? They just can't get past that. They don't uh, have Their players just aren't as good or even close to as good as yeah. some of these other teams. But a really good quarterback will keep you in a lot of games. Yeah, you better believe it. Another really good quarterback is Jaden Daniels for LSU. He's got 1,700 passing yards this mm-hmm. season, 16 touchdowns, just two interceptions, and yet – LSU is 3-2, and two, heading on the road to, get this, undefeated Missouri. I know it doesn't happen often. They're 5-0. and oh. is, this a, is this a sneaky game here? Is this a slimy game where Vegas is trying to get ahead of people with, with LSU being around a six-point favorite? Yeah, uh, it, it's come down. I think people are starting to figure out right now. This LSU, everyone's talking about, you know, how good this defensive line was for LSU. Well, I know they've had a few injuries, and so is the back end, but they just are not getting pressure on the quarterback. They can't stop the run here. You know, if you're that good, you you might have an off game, but you don't have two or three off games. They've given up 45 points to Florida State, 55 to Ole Miss here. Missouri was a, I mean, they were a slow, methodical offense, but it's changed. Eli Drinkwitz finally has found a quarterback that uh, can push the ball down the field here in Brady Cook. Luther Burden might be a top-five receiver in the country. Theo uh, Weiss, the transfer from Oklahoma, he's come on the last two weeks. 
I like this offense. They're pushing the ball down the field, and I think their defense is underrated here. Wrong team favored. We're going with the Missouri Tigers outright 30-27. to Wow, Missouri yep. to stay undefeated goes 6-0. and How about that? What I mean, what a game it could be and what a win that would be for Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri to stay undefeated and legitimately be in the race to make it to Atlanta in the SEC East. Unbelievable uh, there what that game is. And you're taking Missouri outright to beat LSU there in Como. We're talking with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. We talk to him every Friday about the biggest games in college football, particularly in the SEC when it comes to betting lines, the ones that have moved, the ones that catch his eye, and his picks that he does professionally and you can go find those at paramountsports.com two big games left in the sec of course auburn on a bye week we normally talk about that game but auburn on a bye week this week georgia and kentucky another undefeated team in the wildcats where they have a chance for the first time in a long time to take down a good georgia team still the number one team in the country and it's crazy that georgia is still favored even after a subpar performance against auburn they're favored by two touchdowns here lee what's your take what's your take on georgia kentucky tomorrow you know if you look at raw numbers i think you're going to see a lot of handicappers and the public are going to be on kentucky they're like okay you look at the numbers. They ran for 329 yards last week against Florida. Ray Davis was unstoppable. Yes. 280 yards. Are you kidding me? Probably top three, top four running back in college football right now. And then on the other side, Georgia couldn't stop the run. I mean, we saw Auburn run wild, but 125 of those rushing yards last week came from quarterbacks. Kentucky's not going to present that problem. They're a downhill running team. Devin Leary doesn't run the ball and right now doesn't look comfortable throwing the ball. In fact, last week he was just 9 for 20 for 69 yards here. I think Lad McConkey just didn't look right last week. I started watching that game. I'm like, you know, he's not 100%. Maybe he's closer to 100% this week where he can shine. In Kentucky, three to six games they played Georgia last six. They haven't even reached 10 points here. I like Georgia. I think they... They're the right side here. Romper room special, 41-13. Well, this game being in Athens definitely doesn't help Kentucky at all. If it was in Lexington, uh, maybe have a little bit more leniency there. But, yeah, it just seems like this is a game where Georgia can rebound and and really uh, quiet that crowd uh, for Kentucky wearing the blue and white. One more big game in the SEC. With all the other ones we just talked about, this seems to be the one that everybody really has their eye on, Lee. Alabama and Texas A&M. It's being played in Kyle Field there in Aggieland. This game, as crazy as it sounds, it's it's Alabama season riding on the line here because if they lose, they have two losses. They're basically out of the SEC championship hunt, which puts you out of the playoff hunt, and then all the all the people are going to start going up in arms on if Nick Saban still has it and can still do it. This game has gone back and forth when it goes to the spread. Um, what are you looking at here and overall your pick for the game? So I think both defenses are much improved since they lost their first game. Alabama losing to Texas has allowed only 30 points the last three weeks. Now, A&M, if you just look at scores, has allowed 35, but one of those scores against them was a, in your game, was a uh, strip and scoop and run for a touchdown. And, and so really their defense has only given up 28 points the last three games. How about this? Take a guess, first five games, how many sacks, 
the Alabama offensive line has allowed? Oh, it's an astronomical number. What would you guess? Uh, in the first five games, I'm going to say uh, 17. I thought it was 14 to 16, 20. Wow. That, out of 133 units, teams in college football, that ranks 125th. Ooh. I don't think they've ever been near that. In fact, if you go back and look what they've done the last couple years, I mean, their offensive lines have been crazy good. They lost, you know, they, they graduated a couple starters, uh, two starters, and then they also lost a key starter to Miami, the kid Cohen. Mm-hmm. They now, if you go back last year, they allowed just 22 sacks. year before that, not good, but... The three years before that, 19, 12, and 15 for the entire season. What does Texas A&M do really well? They rush the passer. In fact, they're number four in the country in sacks with that same number, 20. I think the best unit of the two teams is A&M's defensive line. Whole slew, whole slew of five-star players that are finally playing up to their potential. Also, I love the receivers. I think... All three of the receivers will be playing at the next level. Can't really say that for sure about Alabama's receivers. And Max Johnson, I mean, the kid has just got that experience, and he's a gamer here. A&M won at home in 2021. I thought if they gave the the ball to A-Chain last year and gets that one yard, they didn't decide to give him the ball. They wouldn't have lost 24-20. Gets turned around on Alabama. Wrong team favored. Texas A&M outright 24-20. Man, you've yep. got a you've got a wild weekend in the SEC Lee <laughs> and it should be uh should be a lot of fun. I know we're all looking forward to it and if you are looking forward to it and want some more picks from Lee Sterling who works for Paramount Sports and paramountsports.com. He does this for a living, folks. You know what he's talking about. 3 and 2 last week. What's your overall record this season in college football overall again? Four- 40, 18, and 1. Wow, how about that? Well, it's a winning way. There's no doubt about it. Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, we appreciate you, man. Should be a lot of fun. Plug everything you got one more time before we let That's you go. That's it. Just go to the website, ParamountSports.com. October, four weeks in football, 297 UFC card tomorrow. It's available right now. Five selections, $35, or baseball through the World Series, just $97 ParamountSports.com, or also check us out on TikTok at Paramount Sports. Awesome. Well, man, we appreciate you. It's always a joy talking to you and having you on the show, man. And we'll have you on next Friday once again. Sounds good. See you, Jacob. Thanks. That's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. He's also the co-host of the Locked on Bets podcast. So, again, this guy lives and breathes, eats, sleeps, whatever you want to say when it comes to sports betting. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing, and uh, the record proves it. He, he comes on this show every week and talks about it, and he's got some of the ones that stood out to me, Missouri outright over LSU and Texas A&M outright over Alabama. So uh, big-time games there, big-time picks. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about those games when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'd love to hear from you in the next few minutes. Phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. Give me a call. We'll talk about it here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. 
Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We appreciate Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joining us to start off the show each and every Friday here in a football season. But let's get to the phone lines here for the first time today. And we have John from Auburn. You're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, Jacob. Glad you're feeling better. Glad you're over. Glad you're over the bug that had you down for about a week. You know, as a former Lee Scott play-by-play guy myself, I can tell you there's no worse feeling in the world than being in a road broadcast booth in, a, in an AISA stadium and feeling bad. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm feeling much better. Um, yes, last Friday night, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a fight to get through the broadcast, there's no doubt. But when Lee Scott's playing as well as they do, that helps out for sure. It does, and I just I, I, I'm I'm interested in your broadcast. You talk about the golden age, or you talk about you know let's play Lee Scott football, and that's how to win the game. Let me tell you, I did play by play for two years. I think we won three games in two years, mm. and one year we were we uh, we were the homecoming team four out of the five road games. Oh wow! So uh, you know, I feel like you've been you've been dropped into like the Bruce Pearl era of Lee Scott football, so congratulations. Yes, well, I'm very, very blessed to be calling it when I'm calling it. I know there were some darker days before me, but um, as the as the play-by-play guy for Lee Scott, for football, I've called one loss. That's it. Undefeated season last year and just one loss so far this year. I uh, had the basketball team, both of them make a run to the Final Four last year, baseball team in the playoffs, so uh, I can't complain, man. It's been awesome hey, you, for Lee you, Scott. You've done very well. You've done very well. Hey, I was going to tell you, I'm patronizing your sponsors. I, uh, I had uh, I had rotator cuff surgery at the orthopedic clinic. There you and, go. Yeah. I had it today, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I have one arm dangling around my waist, but I have one good arm, so uh, <laughs> I'm hoping Hugh Freeze can use me in the red zone next week. That's right. Hey, the orthopedic clinic, they do a fantastic job, don't they? They do, they do, they do. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to mention, I'll, uh, I'll use an analogy well, with high school football here real quick, okay. if, you, if you'll allow me. Of course. Um, one thing I learned calling high school football is when you see these teams, uh, different classifications, different ranks, some teams go in and there's just such a small margin of error that they have each and every night. And you see it maybe a first quarter, go for it on fourth and one inside their own territory, they don't get it, and the floodgates open, or mm-hmm. it's a – it's, it's, it's a lost fumble. It's a blocked punt. It, there's just such a small margin of error. When I think about Auburn football, um, honestly, maybe I, I was not as cheery after the Georgia game because up until that final drive, you had an Auburn team at home that had one penalty that, for five yards and no turnovers until the last fourth down play. Mm-hmm. And to play that clean of a game at home – run for over 200 yards, and still not be successful, it really shows the talent gap, and it really shows um, how Auburn, in my opinion, is probably two or three classes away. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I mean, when Auburn played, look, did Auburn just play absolutely great on Saturday? No, but they played really, really well. And they the played two, very clean. Exactly. And that's the thing you brought up was lack of turnovers and the lack of penalties. And when you play like that versus the number one team in the country, but yet you still come up short, it normally comes down to difference makers, right? And playmakers on both sides of the football. And you saw that for Georgia with Brock Bowers. And you saw why he's one of the best players in college football. Auburn had no answer for him. And that's what it comes down to. Are players like that 
And it doesn't mean Auburn doesn't have them. It just means Auburn doesn't have them to that level, and they definitely don't have as many of them right now. And so you're exactly right. I think it comes down to there is a talent gap, and Auburn's a couple of years away. But here's the good thing. If you're playing clean football now, you don't have to worry about teams down the road playing clean because it seems like the coaching staff is doing their job in that regard. Completely agree. Completely agree. But with that said, it's going to be that difficult from here to the end of the year to win on the road in this conference. Yeah. I mean, uh, Arkansas is not a pushover uh, up in up in uh, up 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 in Fayetteville. No, they're not. And and, and even even Vandy can jump up and and buy the team. That's that's a, a venue that Auburn's lost three straight in. Mm-hmm. So um, it's. I know a lot of people are are pegging home with State and Vanderbilt and New Mexico State, and there's your six. It's not that easy. No, it's not. It's never easy in the Southeastern Conference. It is not. Enjoy the show, Jacob. Thank you, and you have a wonderful evening. Appreciate it, John. You too, man. Great to hear from you. I appreciate the kind words as well. Um, and you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's never easy in the SEC. There are no gimmies. I mean, Vanderbilt is not a gimme. Mississippi State is not a gimme. Arkansas is definitely not a gimme and so um, Auburn's got to find a way to to continue to fight continue to battle in the midst of this four game stretch that is really really tough and you lost the first two and now you have LSU and Ole Miss with Mississippi State with Arkansas and with Alabama to follow so motivation and positivity are going to be really really important for this Auburn football team moving forward to find something to play for in the midst of 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 loss and i think that's going to be really important moving forward 30 minutes into hour number one when we come back our weekly conversation with auburn linebacker eugene asante it was done by ben taylor this week we'll have that for you when we come back you are on the line with jacob goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Well, we play it for you every Friday, and I normally sit down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. I should say it differently. I normally sit down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, but this week, uh, since I was out with an illness through the first few days of the week, uh, Ben Taylor, who is our uh, station uh, director here, our director of operations as well at Auburn Network, and he is the host of Auburn Opelika this morning over on News Talk WANI. He sat down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante earlier this week uh, for our weekly segment. It airs originally on Wednesdays at 5.30 on The Drive, and we always play it for you on Friday afternoons here at 2.30. So this is Ben Taylor sitting down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Time for Tiger Takes. I'm Ben Taylor filling in for Jacob Goins as we visit with Eugene Asante. It's all brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group. For your free consultation, call them at 334-360-9534 or also online at alsolaw.com. That's alsolaw.com. With Auburn defensive highlight reel, Eugene Asante. Eugene, let's just jump right into it. As number one, I appreciate you taking the time with me because uh, Jacob's a little under the weather, so you get me instead. But the good news is is uh, we get to talk football, which I know you're fine with doing. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always. I look at the at the stats and 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 kind of go over some of the things. And let's just jump into that Georgia game from this previous week. Is uh, everybody had kind of written Auburn off, but it seemed like you guys came out there not written off and a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and put up a a, a bigger fight than what the quote unquote experts had actually said. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Six tackles, one assist tackle uh, defensively. Walk us through what you guys were looking at, and what you saw. Because, you know, you hear all the talking heads that say, why this, why that, why not this? And you've heard Coach Freeze uh, talk a little bit about it. But expectations that you guys had going into the Deep South's oldest rivalry last weekend. Yeah, uh, I think the expectation was to go in and you know, try to win the football game. That was the biggest thing we tried to emphasize. You know, whatever it takes to win the, uh, the football game. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. Um, uh, but we've seen some things that we could, you know, improve upon defensively. Uh, we're, lit- we're continuing to grow. We'll continue to build upon uh, that game and just seeing the little things that we can do to improve. So, um, ultimately, I think the expectation was, you know, we go into every game expecting to win the game and putting our best foot forward because we understand the standard that's been set and we understand that, you know, a lot of people believe in us. Uh, we have a lot of people, you know, the Auburn family uh, is behind us. So, we want to go out there and put our best foot forward. So, um, you know, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't result in a, a victory this week. But we understand that what we can do, and we, we're going to grow up on that game and continue to put our best foot forward every single uh, Saturday. Now, just from a, a viewer watching and just a you know somebody that's just sitting on the sidelines and, and me looking at it, it seems like, and I know this is the goal of Coach Freeze, and he's talked about it, but uh, personally with, with you guys as players, it seems like you guys continue to get better every ball game. Yeah, when we sense it as players, we sense it. Uh, you know, I think it's just the biggest thing is confidence. We're, we're we're becoming more confident in the scheme. We're becoming more confident in trusting people around us and just playing the, the brand of football that we know. And that's playing, trying to be fast and physical with everything we do. So, you know, we kind of we feel that. We're growing upon it, and we just have to continue to hone in on it and, and practice, uh, make it make practice like a game environment, you know, so we're not rattled or a surprise when we go out there on Saturday. You know, this one, uh, judging by uh, player reactions and the way you guys looked after the game, this one this one looked like it hurt. It looked like you guys, you, you now realize that you can play with anybody in the country. I mean, I know y'all thought that before, but now it's it's pretty evident that this Auburn team is better than what those quote-unquote experts say that, they can say that it is. Yes, sir. It was certainly an emotional thing for me, uh, you know, going out there and, uh, you know, trying to put my best foot forward and, I know how much uh, the game means to me. It's uh, something I really care about. And I said that with other guys as well. You know, they they were upset as well. They they want they don't want to lose it. So they want to put their best foot forward, and they want we understand what we can do. You know, we understood what we could do, and we're going through summer workouts, and you know, just seeing the talent that we had. You know, just player run practices. So we just want to go out there and execute and show people that. So it hurts when you're not able to get the victories, but. Um, we know what we can do now. We see what we can do now. So there's no excuse. You know, every Saturday we need to put it on tape. I gotta, I gotta ask you this <clears throat> from a defensive standpoint. Uh, you got a really good lick on Carson Beck, and, uh, and I mean, it had to feel good. But the, you know, he's he. There's a reason people have highly touted him. Is he was able to complete the pass, but uh, it was shown on television a little bit later. What was said between you two guys a little bit later on? Did you did you say something to him? You give him a, a pat on the rear? Or what what was what were you guys talking about? Yeah. So when I ended up giving him that shot, I. Uh, I said, because uh, I was looking at the play, you can kind of see it on the video. <laughs> I was looking at the play, and it was like, uh, I told him, um, 
that was a good throw. Told him good throw, and you know, like they, you know, said on the broadcast, it's just respect between two players, and he he made a good throw and uh, able to hit, getting hit while he th- was throwing and was able to deliver. So I told him good throw, and he was telling me good hit. So it was just that mutual respect between two players, and he did he played a good game, and you know, ultimately, you know, Carson stood in there and delivered. So it was a, it was a good throw by him. Jalen Simpson continues to get another interception and continues to make plays on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Simpson is somebody that is an experienced guy in the secondary. We, you know, we know that coming into the season, and he's literally putting the world on display. You know, just let, letting the world know who he is. Uh, you know, he's a fierce competitor. He comes out there and he wants to be the guy that, you know, in secondary that makes those plays. And he's shown it a week in and week out that he's one of those elite guys throughout the country. So, man, it's, it's special having dudes in the back end like him. Or seasoned veterans that you know know what they're doing and making those type of athletic plays is what we need in the secondary. Marcus Harris, uh, Andy Burcham, play-by-play for for Auburn. Uh, I was talking to Andy a little bit, and he said one of the guys that really impressed him uh, this past Saturday was Marcus Harris. And, and Marcus ended up having uh, five tackles and two assisted. Yeah, Marcus. Marcus is an animal, man. And it was it's crazy seeing it on tape how much knockback and how much uh, how much violence he was playing with, man. It was. You know, certainly as a linebacker, you can appreciate people being in positions to, you know, just make your job a lot easier, you know. And Marcus was literally controlling the line of scrimmage, you know, penetrating and, and you know, just just causing havoc on their side of the football. So, man, um, it's, it's exciting to see because he's a leader in the trenches and we, we depend on him and he's somebody that consistently does his job day in and day out. So it's exciting being out there with Marcus, man. Well, the the good news is is if you do see him again, uh, you'll be seeing him uh, in the SEC championship game, and that would be uh, Brock Bowers. He he is that guy. That guy continued to impress this past weekend for Georgia. Yeah, um, Brock is somebody that we you know gone into the game. We knew that uh, we had to you know contain him and try to uh, you know put him in different situations where he's uncomfortable. And uh, you know we thought we did a good job in the, um, towards the beginning part of the game and. Um, he just kind of came alive towards the, towards the fourth quarter, and um, you know we just have to be more honed in on details in terms of including myself. You know that's something I, want, I pride myself on, and I need to I put myself in situations where I can, you know, use my leverage and can try to contain him as much as possible. So, you know, he did a good job in terms of trying to get open and different situations where he's catching the ball one-handed. So, yeah, um, you know, for kudos to Brock, man. He's like you said, he's an All-American type player, and we know how special he is as a player. Ben Taylor with you in Tiger Talks as we talk with uh, Eugene Asante. And uh, before we move on to the bye week and to LSU, uh, describe that atmosphere this past Saturday. The crowd seemed electric the entire time. I mean, it was super loud. I definitely think it affected uh, Carson Beck, especially at the first part of the ball game. Even Kirby gave a nod to that at the end on the broadcast. He ended up giving a tip of the hat to the Auburn family. Yeah, it was electric, and you feel it when you're out there. Um, it's certainly a, an environment that is like <laughs> none like nobody in college football has that type of environment for sure. And you feel it when you're out there, and you appreciate it. You know, so I appreciate everybody that showed up and was able to come out and support. And we we continue to need that support, and it's, it's something that we do not take for granted at all. You know, not at all. Every Saturday in that 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 type of environment, it, it can help you win football games. So. We appreciate everybody that showed up. We're going to continue to put our best foot forward as a football team. 
Walk us through the uh, bye week. A lot of people always wonder what teams go through. I mean, did y'all get any kind of rest? I mean, I still know that you're, you're going to be doing walkthroughs and practice, but I know also that uh, yeah. the coaching staff has talked about uh, getting guys healed up. So walk us through the, the week of the bye week. Yeah, the bye week is uh, it's similar schedule to a regular regular practice schedule, but uh, you know, Coach Freeze I think takes the, he takes some of the periods off that are more physical type periods uh, throughout the week, and he's just trying to make it more mental, you know, in terms of our adjustments, uh, looking at the right stuff, and working on our eye discipline and uh, the schematics and communicating as a defense. So this this practice, these practices are more so. Uh, mental, the mental side of the football game, and just trying to get players to understand the situations that we call things, and um, communicating with the guys around them. So, uh, you know, he's kind of cutting the practice load a little bit down, but um, it's still fast, it's still physical. Not fast, I mean, it's still fast, but not as physical. Uh, Saturday, you guys going to sit around and watch football? Does he give you all the day off? Will y'all have a workout on Saturday? How, how does that work on on a bye week? Um, sure, I'm sure we'll have some time on Saturday. I believe we probably will have off. Um, not entirely sure yet, but I think that we'll probably have off. You know, have some time to watch some guys around the country. You know, we have uh, guys around the country we support and you know play on different teams. So I guess, I guess we'll probably get some time to you know sit down and watch other teams play and you know also watch LSU play. So. That's going to be a big thing. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys get to uh, not only break down tape, but you'll get to see it live and what they're going through. I mean, it was a track race between them and Ole Miss this past weekend. And then, of course, they go to Missouri. Missouri a little bit better than probably what people expected. So I don't know how that will impact LSU coming off that loss going to Missouri. And then, of course, they're going to be having to play host to Auburn. But uh, their, their quarterback, a little elusive. I mean, you'll, you'll have your hands full. It, you're, you're going to be one of the guys that's chasing after him most of the night next Saturday. Yeah, uh, Zane Daniels, he's, he's a special talent in terms of his ability to uh, run the football. You know, when the play, plays break down, he extends the plays and is able to do it with his legs. He's explosive, and he's somebody that – we had tr- truly um, got our eyes on in terms of the game plan and stuff, but you know, you know, just like I said, man, I embrace those types of things. It's another challenge for myself, um, you know, to put myself in situations where, um, you know, I'm comfortable with, uh, you know, just the situation where I'm comfortable as a football player. You just got to be challenged, and I'm prepared to be with that challenge. So, you know, it, it should be exciting uh, to go against them in that offense. With a guy like that, do you guys uh, not to give anything away? But is he he the type of guy you'd rather keep in the pocket instead of him breaking? And and in order to do that, and once you guys can get him in to stay in the pocket, maybe some delayed stunts, something of that nature. Yeah, he's a, you know he's the type of guy you just want to contain. You know, he's the biggest thing is containing him. You know, um, uh, making sure that he's in the within the pocket. You know, everybody's holding their rush lanes and having the integrity within their rush lanes and the rush lanes are balanced so there's not so many escape goes to where he can go and the biggest thing is just keeping him in and you know having all eyes on him you know whether we're in zone and just you know being disciplined or man calls and just you know eye discipline within all of that so he's certainly somebody that um you, you, you through our practice you have to really prepare and mm. understand where he is at all times who is uh, who's playing his role in practice uh, these next couple of weeks? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, you know, uh, I don't really know. We haven't we haven't really gotten into the LSU deep into the LSU yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just working on our details within ourselves. 
But um, it should be interesting to see who they put back out there. This has been a fun, especially your guys' side of the ball, a fun defense to watch, especially when coming into the year there were some question marks. Even Coach Freeze would say that when he would do press conferences. He goes, we'll find out when we get out there. And uh, I know with the passion that you bring and with the uh, with the fun time that you guys have and guys stepping up like we just talked about with uh, with Marcus and even Zion Puckett had five. He had five solos as, as well as Jalen McLeod. So I know you guys look forward to it and embrace the challenge with LSU in a couple of weeks. Yeah, also, yeah, we, we're excited, you know, to continue to put things on tape. And we have great leadership with Coach Roberts and his staff. You know, they they put us in situations every, uh, you know, Saturday that, we, you know, we're going to have situations where we need to make those plays. And, you know, they do, they just ultimately want the best thing for us. You know, they want us to go out there and play our style of football. And, you know, they demand a lot out of us. But that through that demanding a lot out of us, there's a lot of love and there's a lot of um, care. You know, they want us to put our best foot forward and just – be the best player we can be and ultimately be the best human being, be the best Christian, be the best man we can be. So you can go, you can go through, run through a wall for somebody that really appreciates you. And, and guys are starting to sense that. So uh, I appreciate their leadership and I appreciate them pushing us in the right direction. Very well said. Have fun on your off week. Good luck against LSU. I greatly appreciate your time, Eugene. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Junior linebacker Eugene Asante on Tiger Takes, all presented by Also Brook Law Group. For a free consultation, you can call them up at 334-360-9534. For Tiger Takes, I'm Ben Taylor. So that was our weekly interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Again, thanks to uh, Ben Taylor, who was able to conduct the interview this week with me being out with the sickness. And so Eugene does a fantastic job. He gives great answers, doesn't he? He gives a really, really good insight to what's going on with Auburn football, the defensive side, what they're going to be doing this off week as they prepare for LSU coming up next week. So that's every single week for Tiger Takes. That originally airs on Wednesdays at 5.30 on The Drive with Bill and Dan. And then we play it every week for you here on Fridays at 2.30 during On the Line, all here on ESPN 106.7. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one, talking a little football, maybe a little baseball too. I know we got to mention something about that. And then coming up in hour number two, Uncle T-Bone will join me. We'll make our picks around the SEC and talk about Auburn in the bye week. All that coming up here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Uh, been a busy hour number one. We started the show uh, with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Um, he joins us every Friday to start the show talking uh, the biggest betting lines in college football. Excited to get into basketball season as well. We'll have some things to talk about with him when that season comes around, which is uh, pretty much a month away. I think tomorrow is one month exactly from when Auburn basketball starts the season against Baylor. So they have an exhibition game before that, um, but regular season starts on November 7th, I believe, against Baylor. So um, we're pretty much a month away from basketball season. So we'll talk about that with him as we get into that but we appreciate him joining us uh talking about the biggest lines in the SEC he had a couple upset picks this weekend so uh if you missed that or if you missed my interview with uh, or not my interview I say it's mine normally it is but uh with Ben it was Ben Taylor this week who talked with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante uh that's all been here in our number one so be sure you go and catch up with the podcast later on today but got a couple of minutes before we get out of here for our number one reminder coming up in the second 
second hour. Uh, we have Uncle T-Bone. Wade Bennett will join me in the studio. We'll talk Auburn in the bye week and make our picks around the Southeastern Conference, so you don't want to miss that. Um, we do have a few minutes, and I do want to talk just a little bit of playoff baseball because baseball is here. Playoff baseball is here. And I haven't really had a chance to, to talk about it, being out for the last few days. Um, you've got the Braves, obviously. They are uh, the uh, best record in baseball by a lot. Um, and they are uh, the one seed in the National League. They are hosting now the Philadelphia Phillies in the Divisional Series starting tomorrow, 5 o'clock on uh, 5 o'clock on TBS is the television station, but we are excited uh, because here on ESPN 106.7, we get to carry the Braves. And we're going to have some really, really good Braves baseball for you here on ESPN 106.7. We can't guarantee we're going to get to carry them all, um, but we're going to do our best to carry as many of the games as possible. Um, And that includes the game tomorrow at 5 o'clock. That also includes the game on Monday coming up game two of the NLDS uh, with the Braves and the Phillies we're going to carry that on Monday uh, because they we're going to pick it up right at five o'clock and we're going to actually end up bumping the second hour of the drive on on Monday to carry that game Braves and Phillies uh, in the playoffs and so we're going to do that on a game-by-game basis but want to be able to bring that to you just because of how big of a time this really is and so here's what's coming up I mean we've got so many great games Uh, tomorrow we've got the Rangers and the Orioles we've got the Phillies and the Braves Uh, we've got the Rangers Orioles again on Sunday we've got the Twins and the Astros Astros coming up on Sunday and then on Monday we've got the Phillies and Braves and then the Orioles and Rangers again all that is coming up on ESPN 106.7 over the next few days and we're going to carry as many games as ESPN will allow us um, that we can carry around our shows as well all the way through the World Series so really excited for that Um, Braves 104 wins on the season unbelievable record Um, the offense is there you had Acuna breaking records left and right setting his own records as well just an unbelievable year uh, for him and for this Atlanta Braves team. Here's what stinks, though. You've got to play a really good Philadelphia Phillies team. You've got to play a really hot Philadelphia Phillies team as well. And so, Braves, I've been saying it, if the bats go cold, can the pitchers keep them up and keep them in it? We're going to find out coming up in just a few days, starting tomorrow. Phillies, Braves, Rangers, Orioles, Twins, Astros, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. Keep your eye on that one. A lot of people like the Diamondbacks. Maybe to upset the Dodgers as postseason baseball. It's October. That means baseball is happening in the postseason. So we're going to carry as many games as possible here on ESPN 106.7, starting with the Braves game tomorrow against the Phillies. Coming up in hour number two, Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett joins me for On the Line Fridays, brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air. We'll talk about Auburn in the bye week, what has to happen, and we'll make our picks for some big games in the SEC. Hour number two, coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you for uh, the next hour. Hour number one is in the books. If you missed any of that first hour as we get into hour number two, be sure you go back and listen to the podcast if you missed any of that or any other parts of the show. You can find that one of two ways, ESPNAU.com, or you can just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. We post it commercial free right after each and every show so be sure you go and check that out we talked with lee sterling from paramount sports and paramountsports.com he is our betting guy uh he uh is is one of the best in the business when it comes to picking games with the spread and he does a fantastic job and if you're into that sort of thing uh, you can go and check him out at paramount sports and paramountsports.com so we talked to him also had a couple of phone calls in the first hour uh and then had the interview our weekly interview with auburn linebacker eugene asante so that was all in hour number one but of course it's hour number two as we are here inside the auburn plaza bar and lounge studio and it is on the line fridays with uncle t-bone wade bennett from radio free auburn it's all brought to you by our great friends at sense of green heating and air uncle t-bone great to see you once again brother how are you yeah it's uh, glad to be back i'm i'm glad that you're feeling better i yes. know that uh, you were really under the weather so much so that the show wasn't even uh was canceled monday and tuesday so and wednesday and wednesday wow so uh uh, welcome back jacob and uh yeah brought to you every friday here uncle t-bone from radio free auburn that's right sense of green heating and air for air that's cool and clean call sense of green check them out at www.senseofgreen.com uh based out of opelika all up and down the i-85 corridor and if you're listening online in huntsville as well uh you're you're uh, experts for any kind of hvac issues spray foam insulation and regular insulation give them a call in opelika at 334-704-3274 and make sure you tell them that uncle t-bone sent me well we appreciate them sponsoring this hour each and every week here during football season and of course the auburn plaza bar and lounge for sponsoring the studio each and every day uh from two to four here on ESPN 106.7 and so uh, tomorrow is an off day for you no game day on wings tomorrow with the bye week for Auburn uh, you're going to enjoy your day off I know it's you know it's an hour long show but you guys have been doing a fantastic job you and Uncle or and uh, Uncle you and Jumpin' Jack Hutton how about that there we go we've had a great time it has been so much fun and I'm getting uh, a lot of feedback uh, off air from people around the community they're loving it they're loving that the AU network is back with 94.3 and wings here in the uh in the 106.7 family for the next five year five years where it belongs mm-hmm. so That's right. uh we're just it's been so much fun i tell you uh folks it's a lot harder than it sounds right you know there's been several saturdays where it's been a long week and we've had to both jack and i you know get us a biscuit and get us some coffee and get get going with you but uh we're looking forward to it it's hard to believe my friend that after this week half 50% man of the football season 
It'll be gone. I know. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. I mean, we look forward to it all year like a kid looking forward to Christmas. (laughs) It just, August seems to drag on forever. Right? It finally gets to Labor Day, and we're all so happy. Next thing you know, you're halfway through the season. Boy, it's been a great season already, with filled with tons of stories, and I can't wait to, uh, now that Auburn's kind of on break, I'm sure we're going to take a quick look back of the Deep South's oldest rival, uh, rivalry last week, uh, maybe how we're heading into uh, the bye week. But, man, there's a lot of really good football this weekend. Yeah, you better believe it. And I, I want us to have plenty of time to, to talk about those other games coming up this weekend in the SEC and some other ones outside the conference as well and so uh, we're going to talk a lot about that we're actually going to flip our normal schedule if you're always with us on Fridays in the second hour we normally make our picks for around the SEC and then we talk about the upcoming game for Auburn playing whoever they normally play but with Auburn being on the bye week I want to rotate that a little bit and us start the hour talking about Auburn and what we saw last weekend and as we get through this bye week looking ahead to LSU next week what we want to see in the bye week and just some different storylines and topics so that's how we're going to start and then as we get through the hour we'll make our picks for the SEC games of course we do that uh, on our SEC football challenge and you can follow along and make your picks with us as well at ESPNAU.com and we have weekly winners we also have the grand prize winner at the very end whoever has the most picks picked correctly uh, so be sure you are following along with us each and every week those picks are due tonight at midnight for this week and so before we get to that though Let's talk a little Auburn. Um, Coming out of the Georgia game, uh, there's been just so much conversation about no moral victories, right? It was a good thing. It was a good day for Auburn. They got everything except the win on the scoreboard and all these different things. But uh, I'm just curious, Uncle T-Bone, as we've had almost a week to, to really think about it and sit on this and sort of move on from that game what are your feelings and what are your thoughts as we get into a bye weekend where we don't have to watch Auburn football or have to worry about Auburn football tomorrow? Well, everybody was obviously very excited all through the game last week. Uh, I was not there. I watched it at home. I mean, I had, you know, 15 different text chains going um, until it came down to the bitter end. And obviously all fans were upset. Uh, a, a bitter loss, a game that could have been won. Uh, I don't know if it should have been one, but it definitely could have been one. But, you know, uh, outside of the few radicals that will never be satisfied, Jacob, I think that Auburn fans are in a really good place right now. Uh, They're in a really good, trustful area with the uh, coaching staff after last Saturday. There were a lot of people, including myself, who didn't really expect a whole lot out of the Tigers after coming off a tough vic- uh, tough loss in uh, College Station and, and how that game kind of played out in the fourth quarter where, where we kind of got bullied around late. Um, so Auburn folks are in a good place. And like I said, just outside of the few just fanatics out there, um, you can boil it down to one or two plays that Auburn could have made that puts them over the top and the very basic fact that Georgia has Brock Bowers and we do not yeah and and look I wrote this on my blog this week at RadioFreeAuburn.com outside of Travis Kelsey outside of maybe a few other tight ends in the NFL Brock Bowers is the best tight end one of the best tight ends on earth Mm -hmm. 
And he is a dynamic playmaker. Jalen Simpson getting hurt later in the second half didn't help things. I think Georgia did a good job of moving uh, Bowers into the areas where Simpson would have been covering in zone and creating some space for him. But, you know, it's not like we, we didn't have him covered up on several several plays where he just made an incredible play. My right. hat's off to him. Look, you lose a game like that. This is what it's all about to be an Auburn fan. Auburn fans aren't like – I don't know other fan bases that expect a championship every year. I've lived here my whole life. I've been rooting for the Tigers every day of my life since Bo went over the top in 1982. Win, lose, or draw. Auburn, as long as they're out there winning hearts like they did, they can take Auburn fans can take some losses. That's life. That's football. That's what I saw Saturday. I saw so many positive things. And we can get into a few critical moments that I think our coaching staff may have may may have made a mistake, you know. But other than that, I mean, what what do Auburn people have to uh, hang their head about? Right, right. And, and look, here's the thing. This is a very, very well-timed bye week. Um, I think it is a much-needed bye week. Uh, when you look at the health of this team, uh, when you look at the mentality of this team, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but we've talked all offseason and as the season has gone on about this four-game stretch that Auburn is in, and they're halfway through it, and they're 0-2 in that four-game stretch with A&M, Georgia, LSU and Ole Miss right and you're 0-2 in that stretch you played a bad game against A&M and you played a you're probably your best game this season against power five competition against Georgia but yet you're still 0-2 and so it would be really really tough for me to have a whole lot of confidence if Auburn was going on the road to Baton Rouge tomorrow oh, I no mean question. I think you would you no would question. feel good but you would be worried I mean I think we'd all be worried if Auburn had to go to Baton Rouge tomorrow and play a football game so this is a really really good time to have this bye week where you can get healthy you can regroup and you can look at the very few things that Auburn didn't do well in that Georgia game and you can try to fix those things and then you can go next week and beat a beatable LSU team and you can try and get a beatable Ole Miss team and then you can start to get on a little bit of a run with Mississippi State and Vanderbilt and Arkansas down the stretch in the season so this is a very important bye week and uh, I feel like a lot of people don't understand and we don't fully understand what truly happens in a bye week Um, but for the coaches and for the players Lots of things need to be happening and adjustments need to be made. And there's a real opportunity for Auburn to get better in the bye week. And that's what championship level teams do. And look, there's ways for Auburn to improve coming out of the Georgia game. Auburn is yet to lose to a team that they should not lose to on their schedule. But they're yet to win a game against a team that they probably shouldn't beat. Okay, so we're we're just kind of cruising right now. First year coaching blues, we're three and two. Would you rather be three and two or two and three with a, that little asterisk that happened mm-hmm. out in California? Exactly. Right? So, and you're right there that we we are. You know, you kind of can look at it as this four game stretch of really a murder's row. But the the I'm usually usually very very leery, Jacob, of a, a bye week this early in the season. Mm-hmm. But it is hitting at the absolute right time. Now, I'll say this. It's not like Auburn looked slow. It's not like Auburn looked unathletic. It, it's not like Auburn looked like it was running in quicksand against Georgia because those guys were balling out. But if they were going to play again tomorrow in Baton Rouge, you better batten down the hatches. This bye week, when they come up out of this, they're going to be once again 
about as healthy as they're going to be able to be this season moving forward, okay? And uh, they're going to be quick. They're going to be fast. LSU, on the other hand, we may be catching them at the absolute perfect time also. They've got a very difficult trip early in the morning tomorrow in Columbia, Missouri. A lot of people are not only picking them to uh, to be in a close game, but to outright lose that game as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. If they go down to Missouri tomorrow, the wheels come off in Baton Rouge, and they are ripe for being that team that we all talked about looking at the beginning of the season. Is there going to be a team on this schedule or two that Hugh Freeze gets that he shouldn't get? Yeah, and and you got to remember, too, that's a night game next week for Auburn down in Baton Rouge. Once again, I know it's no surprise to Auburn fans that they're having to play in Baton Rouge under the lights when the sun goes down, but um, I just think there are there are some things that Auburn can do to get better, and we had a caller in the first hour bring up a few points where Auburn in the game against Georgia, you limited your penalties and you limited your turnovers. You have the late interception, right? But whatever. I mean, that is what it is. It was a late game interception that you can go into a full discussion about the play itself. But Auburn limited penalties, limited bad decisions, and limited turnovers, and you lost to the number one team in the country by a touchdown in a game that you were up by a touchdown in the second half. You were up by 10 in the first quarter and you were tied at the half right? All of those situations, none of us had Auburn being in. Nobody had Auburn nah. being up 10 nothing after the first quarter. Nobody had Auburn being tied with Georgia at halftime. And nobody had Auburn being up by a touchdown in the second half. And nobody had Auburn being with the ball in their hands with a chance to tie the game or possibly win it if things went crazy there at the end. And so with all of that being said, there are so many things to build off of coming out of a game like that and when you don't turn the ball over and when you don't commit penalties and the number one team in the in the nation beats you by a touchdown that comes down to talent and I told the caller this earlier it comes down to playmakers and difference makers and Georgia has more of those I think Auburn has them you can see them on both sides of the football but they just don't have as many right now. And I know there may be people who are tired of the of the talent differential conversation, but it's well, real. It's true. And it exists. I mean, and how you can, can you, see it. How can you how could anyone with a straight face sit here and say, you know, their argument against why we lost the game last Saturday against Georgia didn't what wasn't ninety percent about the talent differential. I mean, you're talking about a program in Kirby Smart that's won two national championships and they didn't do it through the transfer portal they've been stacking up talent over there for years Mm -hmm. now i mean look at the philadelphia eagles defense in the nfl it's practically the georgia defense from the last couple of years i mean give me a break man so yeah they they've got way more talent right and uh they had the way more talented the most talented player on the field on their side and in a close game jacob in a close game just like when we had cam newton in 2010 I'll take the team that has the best player on the field to win nine out of ten of those games, okay? And so you're talking about – I mean, you can't you, – it's it's a true conversation. I saw two things in that game that I think that Auburn – one was one was on the coaching staff and the others were on the talent players. Mm. And if we've got time, I'll get into the yeah, first one at least – it's third and one. We're driving into Georgia territory. It's late, late, late in the second quarter. Red zone Robbie Ashford has been running it down Georgia's throat 
on on and running the the run zone option and and we're I, I guess at about the 15 or 16 yard line right and we sub him out yeah and i'm sitting there like going are you nuts georgia was totally on the ropes then you allowed them since we sub they were allowed to sub and you gave them a breather and then you also also gave them those few seconds for their defensive person their defensive coordinators to look over the personnel mm-hmm. and they got into a really heavy run run stop package when we brought Peyton Thorne in and brought don't give them time to think when you got them on the ropes man right yeah when you got the momentum you got to go and and I think that's something that Auburn fans uh, were upset about there were a couple of other third fourth and shorts that Auburn was lining up in shotgun doing things like that that just it, that's never going to stop though you know the shotgun no one gets under center anymore you even had a, con- a, a conversation with Nick Saban on AL.com, right? Because these kids aren't, they're not under center like we were growing right, up. Right, exactly. Know, from but a very young age. Pull but the Jalen Hurts Philadelphia. Find, I mean, they find, find something, though. But, yeah. you know, I like it when, when, when Ashford's in the game and he's rolling, just keep him rolling and go fast because I know Hugh Freeze likes to go fast. We got to speed it up a little bit in the second part of the season. And then the second thing is what I've been talking about now for, for two weeks with you and with Jack and with anybody who listen. I've been talking to trees out in the yard about it. <laughs> Where are the playmakers on the outside? Jacob Goins. They're I killing me. They I, brought I, in all these players out still of the transfer for portal. And it's just like, I know these kids can play. I've looked at their numbers from the schools that they came from, and I know they weren't, but they were going up against the, the same I don't. You got to make a play. You got to catch the ball. Yep. And 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 if and and especially out of the backfield, I'd love to see more Brian Batie. Yeah, absolutely. Because he needs he needs to touch the ball. Jarquez thirty Hunter times. catches that ball in the last series. He may still be running down East Sanford. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Well, it, it really does come down to on the offensive side. I think Thorne played a good game. Not great, but he played well enough to win. Sure did. Um, and he got comfortable early running the football with the big rush play and that's a positive moving forward yes it we is. needed to see him against a top-notch defense and I don't care what anybody says I know it's not the same Georgia with Dan Lanning two years ago I know it's not the same Georgia as last year still one of the best defenses all around in college football with the most talent and you saw a guy get comfortable around them he better be comfortable moving into uh uh Baton Rouge because it's gonna be a wild atmosphere but that defense they got just it's it's one of the worst in the league it's so bad and that's what i i think i told somebody that yesterday before we get to break is if auburn uh, this is a perfect time you have the bye week to fix some things offensively and then you're going into baton rouge against a defense that as of right now is reeling i, I mean they can't they couldn't stop anything they couldn't stop a toddler if you put a helmet on him on the football field and so that is a perfect opportunity for Auburn to really get the offense rolling a little bit, fix the problems in the bye week, go into LSU, take advantage of a bad LSU defense, find somebody, anybody to step up and make a play offensively besides Rivaldo Fairweather, and get them the football. And I think if you can do those things, Auburn's going to be okay, and eventually they're going to beat somebody that they're not supposed to, which Agreed. is what we've been looking for all season long. You can feel it coming. You can feel it. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So those things need to happen. We'll continue talking about this when we come back. Would love to hear your thoughts on this before we start making some picks around the SEC. 334-321-1390 is the number to get you through to us here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line 
on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. And Susan, you're on the line. It's great to hear from you. It's been a long time, Susan. Well, it has been. Hey, Quinn Ewer uh, from our hometown. Yeah. Like, he's been amazing. If we had him, we could win every game, right? <laughs> Auburn would be blessed to have Quinn Ewers right now. Oh, I know. I know we would. But we're going down for the Oklahoma game. But oh, we're good. So happy. Yeah, we are. We're going we're gonna to support him. It's a funny thing. But what – I just am upset. This guy that came out of Michigan State, I mean, he can't throw a football compared to everybody else. It's kind of sad. I mean, did – I mean, I, I love Coach Hugh Freeze, but come on, come on. So you're talking about uh, Auburn's starting quarterback, Peyton Thorne? Yeah. So what was it last week, Jacob? He had nine nine incomplete incompletions, mm-hmm. and six of those were balls that hit receiver or running back in the hands and were dropped. Correct. Now, a few of those were really great defensive plays. Uh, when you're going up against a team like Georgia, they'll wait till the last minute, the DBs, to knock the we ball out. But still, that, we should have won that game. Yeah, we you know, that's what that. I said this week, Susan. It's like, hey, you know, if receivers make half of those catches, or maybe just four uh, of the nine, right, or 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 yeah. three of the nine, do we win the game? If if if, if they stop Brock Bowers and get two incompletions yep. in key moments, do we win the game? That's how close it is. So you know, it's. It, I thought that Peyton what, Thorne did a pretty good job managing the game and getting the ball to playmakers at key times. They just weren't making the plays. Well, our problem is we have Jay Fair. He's from Walkwell, Texas. You know, all know that. Mm-hmm. He's a Texan. And we're proud of our Texas boys. But I have to say that Texas crew, amazing. And I know we we had no recruiting, you know, under Gus, under Brian Harrison, which was an absolute disaster. Yeah, that's I have right. no idea. I have no idea why we even hired him. I just sit here and go, are you crazy? And then we pay all this Something money. about a hot tub or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Susan, where, so, in, where in Texas are you? I'm the South Lake. South Lake. Okay. So right. my, my, my daughter went to school with Quint. They're very good friends. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, all my family's from Texas. I love it out there. The I'm really, like, South Lake. Like, my mom said, oh, my God, this is like, I thought it was high uh, football, uh, uh, college fraternity. I'm like, oh, no, no. Tell, tell <laughs> anyway. people about that stadium in South Lake. What's it hold about? 40, 50,000? Hey, yeah, it's nothing like Allen. You know, Allen yeah. has more. The King now has more. And they have, like, they. my mom goes, are you crazy? There are people up here with... You know, corporate sponsors, yes. It's crazy. <laughs> Skyboxes, right? Yeah, there's sky yes. Well before you go Yeah, before you go, tell us what you think is gonna happen in the uh Red River rivalry there in uh in the Cotton Bowl Quinn, in Dallas. Quinn's gonna, Quinn's gonna make it for us. We're down there. We're supporting Quinn Ewers. That's awesome. Well hey, you guys are gonna have a great time. I got friends that are down there at that game right now and they're gonna really right, enjoy it. I'm sure you will as well. All right, all right. Bye. Thanks. Jacob. Great you to know, hear from you, Susan. You know, I think that there's been plenty of fair criticism of Peyton Thorne and gnashing of teeth with some of the balls he's thrown this year specifically out in College Station but you know I saw a guy settle in and play some really good ball against you know the number one team in the country last Mm -hmm. week and it's just really hard for me and to unless 
unless that type of play doesn't continue, it's really hard for me just to sit back and let people continue to take shots at him because he put the ball where it needed to go several times last Saturday. Well, here's the thing with Peyton Thorne. Before we get to break, Inspector, we got you on hold. We only got about a minute, so I want you to have plenty of time. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back, I promise. Um, Here's the thing about Peyton Thorne. He's gotten better. He's gotten better every game. Now, and Susan used the word disappointed. I'll, I'll use that word. I'm disappointed that it's taking this long for him to get comfortable because we expected him, as you normally do with a guy that's playing his fourth and fifth year of college football and coming from one Division One school to the other, one yeah. Power Five school to the other, everybody expected it to be a, a plug-and-play. Seamless, seamless transition. Correct. And... I think we're forgetting about it's a new offense. He wasn't here in the spring, and he's playing against SEC-level talent now. I'll so, tell, you, tell you one of the reasons why he looked better is because the offensive line starting to gel, and it looked better too. Yes, it did, and that will help him tremendously. And so if Peyton Thorne can get it going here in the back half of the season, Auburn can revive this 2023 oh, yeah. year because it's not dead by any means. No, no. It's oh, not. No. Susan, great to hear from you. It's been too long. Keep us updated and enjoy the Red River rivalry going on tomorrow there between Texas and Oklahoma. Specter, hold on. We're going to get to you as soon as we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. On ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. It's On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. It's brought to you by our friends at Sensi Green Heating and Air. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. And let's get to the phone lines once again. Spectre, we appreciate you holding on through the break, man. Happy Friday. What's on your mind? Hello, guys. Hello. Dad Dummett, T-Bone, you took the winds right out of my sail on that comment when we had the ball on the 12-yard line. You couldn't have said it any better. However, you know, when you go into a ball game, who de- what determines who wins the game? The person that has the most points. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. And, and, and believe it or not, that hasn't changed. <laughs> You're exactly right. I always was taught when you go into the red zone, and I call that the well. When you go to the well, you better come back with some water. Mm-hmm. Well, Spectre, that's one B on that comment. You know, I didn't take it a step further, but you're exactly right. When when they got stuffed on third and one after they took Robbie out and went with Peyton and Hunter, who if he cuts to the outside, he probably gained six yards, but he took it to the inside. That next play was a very long fourth and one, and I was jumping up and down because I'm from the old school also, Spectre, Take the three points. It was too early in the game to go for it. Let's go up 13-10 and get into the locker room up on them number one dogs. Exactly right. What happened in the beginning of the third quarter when we got the ball? We, yeah, they, well, they got the ball and we created a turnover, scored a quick touchdown. All of a sudden, it's 20-10 to 10 and under that scenario. And I know it's 20-20 looking back, right? You know, it's revisionist history. But those are just the little things that happen in a tight ball game that can, can uh, take away a victory from you. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, we were, we were out talent. We were, you know, but uh, – that's when the coaches have to step in and, mm-hmm. and equal the playing field. Yeah, that's and right. And make the right call when, when it's due. 
Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and you know what? Hopefully, that's what Auburn fans have to hope is that Hugh Freeze and the staff maybe learned from that situation. And next time you're in it, make the you know make the better call, make a better judgment call, and hopefully it works out. Those are learning curves. I know Hugh Freeze is not a new coach by any means, but it's a new situation, a different team, a, a different atmosphere, everything that plays into that. And you hope that in the next situation, because they're going to be there again, that they make the right call. Right. I'm going to say this and I'll let you guys go. We hired Hugh Free to bring that scheme that he is so famous for to Auburn. And I don't want him to hand over the reins to an offensive coordinator. We've seen that in the past with you, with the Malzahn. Mm-hmm. But um, I want him to take take back over the play calling. And and we didn't, you know, we didn't hire Montgomery to come in here. We hired Hugh Free to come in here. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Specter, and I think you're already seeing uh, five weeks in the influence um, and Freeze stepping into that offense, which he should have done, especially after Texas A&M. There's a reason why, though, back in 2015-ish, 16-ish, I can't remember, or maybe 18-ish, I can't remember, that uh, one of the greatest of all time, Nick Saban, wanted to hire Hugh Freeze to be his offensive coordinator because the man knows offense right and he really knows offense when he goes up against some of the some of these coaches that you that like Kirby Smart that were at Alabama like Nick Saban who is at Alabama and you saw you saw the look on Kirby Smart's face after that game you saw him at midfield he was very gracious in victory and he knows that there's a different game happening now with a different coach here in Auburn than there has really been over the last 7 to 8 years that's right well, uh, I'm just going to say that uh, to get the recruits in here that we need, we've got to win ball games. So, coach has got to do everything he can to win a ball game. Yep, you're absolutely right about that. Specter, appreciate the call, man. Great to hear from you on a Friday. Atmosphere and and fans and the Auburn family can only take you so far because Specter's yep. right. Got to win games. Got to win games to get recruits here. You got to win games. I heard your uh, breakdown of uh, over the week, Jacob, when you got back on air about how uh, Saturday's scenario might have just actually been the perfect storm to be able to talk to recruits and say, hey, man, we're just one or two of you away, so come on board and let's go. But that's only going to last a couple more games like that. These moral Correct. victories, these, hey, it's great to be an Auburn Tiger when we're coming out of the stadium defeated. You, you, you got to get a couple of them. And I think that we're very close, but, you know, Look, help is on the way, Specter. Help is on the way, Auburn fan. The Perry Thompson guy, I think, is the most critical recruit and commit that we have right now. I look at him, and he is the Julio Jones of this class that was at Alabama in 2008 and an immediate, immediate impact player at wide receiver at Auburn where we need help. Yes, and Auburn is still in the hunt for quite a few guys in the next couple of classes as well. Specter, appreciate the call, man. Great to hear from you. Um, Let's get it. I hate to switch gears, but want to talk about the games that are happening this weekend. Auburn is on a bye. Uh, This is normally when we talk about Auburn playing whoever they're playing over the weekend. But even in the absence of Auburn football, there is no absence of good football this weekend in the Southeastern Conference and around college football as well. We're going to make our picks live right now on ESPNAU.com and our SEC Football Challenge. Go check it out. If you haven't been doing it, you can still be a part of it. There are weekly winners with great prizes thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Johnny Brusco's New York Style Pizza, the Orthopedic Clinic, Tzatziki's, and Vintage 2298 butcher shop go check all of those places out they are providing weekly prizes each and every week and so 
Be sure you're checking that out. And then at the end of the year, whoever has the best score, which means you pick the most games correctly, you win the grand prize, one of each weekly prize, and then a 55-inch flat screen smart TV. That's at ESPNAU.com. It's our website under the contest tab in the SEC Football Challenge. And it's still tight at the top, man. There are like 30 people within three of the top right now. And so let's go through some of these games, Uncle T-Bone. I mean, it is a really, really underrated once again week in the southeastern conference want to get through obviously we'll go ahead and pick mississippi state over western michigan don't have to waste any time on that one um any chance that vanderbilt can take down florida who was a fluke of a top 25 team i tried to tell people that there's no reason they should have been ranked last week any chance that vanderbilt uh can go in there and take down florida in the swamp no, I, I mean, I don't see that happening. I mean, for the, the sanity of that fan base and for the job security of Billy Napier, he better win that game and win it big. I think Florida comes out and takes care of business pretty easily and puts the Commodores away early. And a revenge game, remember. A revenge game for Florida, which is unbelievable to say against Vanderbilt, but, but it that, is a revenge yeah, game. I mean, Vanderbilt, as the season goes on, is becoming more and more Vandy. I mean, there's just I, I, I just I just cannot see them doing anything against Florida tomorrow, but stranger things have occurred correct um we'll go ahead and move into this one because i think we both are going to be on the same uh train on this one as well uh i'm tired of going with arkansas and waiting on them to beat somebody because i've done it twice and i've gotten burned both times i'm taking old miss over arkansas um i still think it'll be a good game i don't think old miss just blows them out of the water uh but old miss's offense is better than arkansas's and uh, I just I just think the Rebels win. I take Ole Miss in this game over Arkansas pretty easily. Yeah, back-to-back night games for Lane Kiffin in Oxford at home. How much fuel do either one of these teams really have left in the tank? Um, K.J. Jefferson, we talk about it all the time, is basically the entire offense this yes. season. And he is just – I mean, eventually he's going to give out. I do think that Arkansas keeps this game within the 11-and-a-half, but, but but Ole Miss wins and uh, moves on to a bye week before they, uh, before they come to uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium, hopefully for a night game in, in October. We have a Tiger Bowl tomorrow. It is the LSU Tigers, top 25 team, 3-2. and Jaden Daniels playing one of the best quarterbacks – in college football and you know it but you don't fully know it because LSU's three and two because their defense can't stop anybody I mean the defense is just abysmal right now for this LSU team giving up however many 50 plus to Ole Miss last week they're taking on Uncle T-Bone one of the few undefeated teams left in the Southeastern Conference. It's the 5-0 and Missouri Tigers in Como, 11 a.m. kick, LSU coming to town. I've got people telling me not only does Missouri cover, Missouri's going to win this thing outright. Do you believe that? Do you buy that, that Missouri can get up and win what would be a a, a monstrous win for this program yeah I, I do believe it actually wow. I think that LSU's just got some serious problems right now and um, look they can put up a, a bevy of points it's not like Ole Miss's defense is the 85 Chicago Bears either um, Missouri will be wait. they have been waiting for a game like this since 2013 or 14 when they actually made it to the uh 
SEC championship game in Atlanta. So I like uh, I like the Missouri Tigers here. That's a weird place to travel to. I know it will be early in the day, but uh, I think Missouri sets the tone uh, for the AP Top 25 and takes care of LSU and sends, uh, sends Brian Kelly red-faced like he hasn't been already this year into a complete tizzy. Well, here's the thing. My SEC guy, Chris Gordy, yesterday, he reminded me that Missouri has one of the best non-conference wins in the entire SEC with a top 15 win over Kansas State with that, what, 61-something yard field yeah. goal, right? Yeah. Earlier a few weeks ago. They're 5-0. and They've only played one SEC game, but yet they're still undefeated. But they're home underdogs. It seems like a weird line LSU right around 5.5 to 6 I don't know who's going to win by how much, but here's what I do know. LSU is going to win this football game, and here's why. Jaden Daniels, I've said this numerous times already today, he has thrown for 1,700 yards, 16 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. That is absurd for a team that is and 3-2. And here's what people are forgetting and overlooking in this game. Who has more talent, LSU or Missouri? No, LSU. Exactly. I think LSU's defense, they're not going to play great, but the playmakers that are there, I think they're there. They just haven't all come together. They just can't figure it out. And what a perfect opportunity. On the road against a not really hostile environment. I don't think I've ever seen a hostile environment in, in Como before. Um I think LSU just makes enough plays defensively. You're going to see a couple of big turnovers for Missouri. LSU's going to hang 40 on them. I like LSU to win this game, uh, but I think it could be close all the way through. I like LSU on the road tomorrow uh, over Missouri, and the, uh, the Cinderella story may come to an end there for the Missouri Tigers. Well, you know, I mean, look, Missouri, uh, was that the first game of the season when we were live on air and he hits the 61-yarder? No, I think it was like week Week two, two. was it not? It was week three. Okay, all right. Well, that was at home, right, early in the morning. Yep. Um, That that atmosphere for that game was pretty wild. Now, those are old-school rivals, uh, Kansas State and Missouri, from uh, the old, old Big 8, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just got a feeling here that Missouri shows up and uh, and and puts away LSU. They do play a little defense at Missouri, and uh, although not quite as talented on paper as LSU, they do have some talent. So uh, it's going to be a great ball game to kick it off. We're going to talk about the two thirty game next, or you want to wait on that one? Uh, we'll go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and talk about the two thirty game. We'll talk about the other big game going on in the SEC, uh, the night game over in Athens, and then if we have a little time, maybe dip our toes into some of the other games going on around the country we'll be right back we'll wrap up the friday edition of on the line he's uncle t-bone i'm jacob goins don't go anywhere we'll be right back here you are on the line on espn 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 All right, let's pick a couple of more games in the SEC, maybe get into that uh, big game going on in the state of Texas as well. Uh, Let's talk about the 230 game going on tomorrow. Alabama and Texas A&M, we know that the the rumors have been flying around about this Alabama football team when it comes to Jalen Milrow, and I've only been here a couple days this week, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to really bring that up. Um, Everything I'm being told and my people are telling me it's fake. I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea if it's fake or not. I don't know if it's true. But I'm being told that the rumors about Milrow being hurt and possibly not playing are not true and that he will be playing in this game. So I'm going to use that information to base my decision 
doesn't matter whether he plays or not. I think Texas A&M wins this game because I just think Texas A&M is a better football team than Alabama is. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Jacob. Uh, and I wouldn't have said that after. Well, maybe I would have after Alabama got beat by Texas and A&M got uh, beaten by Miami. But I've watched Texas A&M now for two weeks in a row. Their defensive line is legit. Alabama will not be able to run on them unless it is Milrow. If he has any kind of injury, he will be less mobile. I don't think it's true either. That line dropped all the way down to one and a half to one points this morning, but it's come back up as reports have come out on Twitter that that was just all a hoax. Um, but if he doesn't play, that's a bloodbath tomorrow. Like, you know, and, and I know Alabama's got some defense and everyone's, you know, giving them uh, all the credit in the world for it lately. But let's just take this back a couple of weeks ago when Kevin Steele's defense went up against a team that had as much talent, if not more than them, and they got abused mm-hmm. by Texas. Okay, A&M's got plenty of talent. Uh, Max Johnson is playing like Max Montana. A&M has playmakers on the outside. I don't think they're quite as explosive as Texas, but they're they're good, right? Uh, Bobby Petrino will line up under center. He's still one of the few people to do it and go into some jumbo packages, and, and, they, and he will attack that uh, Alabama defensive line that really and truly hasn't been I – mean, who's who have they really been tested against to run? Not and, I, and, and, and look, Alabama still – one injury that's still lingering for Alabama is the Lawson kid at linebacker. What other injuries are happening there? As long as Max Johnson isn't throwing uh, uh, picks tomorrow, they're going to take care of business and take care of Alabama. I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and it's absolutely correct. It's spot on. The battle to watch tomorrow – it's Texas A&M's defensive line that is full of four and five stars that are playing like it right now against that a brutal Alabama offensive line and watch Jalen Milrow run for his life tomorrow. I have Texas A&M winning 27-23. That's one of the games you have to pick the score if you're doing it on our SEC football challenge at ESPNAU.com. I have Texas A&M winning 27-23 at home in the second loss for Nick Saban and Alabama in the first week of October. Yeah, Alabama's going to have to create some turnovers on the defensive side of the ball try and uh, convert some of those turnovers into a scoop or scoop and score or pick six and if they don't and texas a&m ball controls them all day in college station it will be a long day that offensive line for alabama which we were told was all world all summer and they were going to get back into relentless murder ball and zombie ball and all these other sayings miss terry's all mad (laughs) bama fans are stewing i'm telling you texas a&m is legit uh, that defense has done nothing but get better since my, the Miami game. They are very comfortable with DJ Durkin. They looked really good against Arkansas last week. They looked really good in the second half against Auburn. They're going to continue this momentum, and this is the one shot that Jimbo's been waiting for for a while to try and get to Atlanta. Kentucky and Georgia. Kentucky's undefeated. They're going to Athens, unfortunately. If this game is being played in Lexington, I have a different feeling about it. It's a night game. It's in Athens. That environment has gotten better over the years. I'll give them credit. And Georgia fans are going to be really, really excited. They're obviously undefeated. Still number one team in the country. Um, Georgia's favored by two touchdowns. I think that's a lot. I think Kentucky keeps it closer than that. I could see Georgia winning this thing by 10 down the stretch. I have Georgia winning, just to give you a pick quickly. Um, I have Georgia winning. I think they'll win by 10 points. And 
uh, Tebow, and I want to hear yours, and then I want us to talk quickly about Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, the, the heart here saying, you know, the reactionary from last week that Kentucky can play with Georgia, and they can, but I think it's going to be a lot like the Auburn game and the best player on the field. His name is Brock Bowers. He probably will get invited to New York to be in the Heisman. If he keeps playing like he did last weekend, we'll be the difference makers. But the dogs will win, and they'll win late. That's going to be a tough game over there in Athens. Yes, it is. And I hope it's a good one. It's the night game, so it should be uh, a lot of fun. The other game, probably the biggest game of the day, is not in the SEC, but it's pretty darn close. And it will be this time next year when Texas and Oklahoma get together for the Red River rivalry. Um, This is a game where you have Texas, who's the number three team in the country. You have Oklahoma, who's not too far behind them at number 12. Uh, They've decided to play a little bit of defense this year. People are telling me they're frauds because they haven't played anybody, Paul. And uh, (laughs) we'll see if uh, Texas and Oklahoma can have another shootout like we've seen in the past. What a really, really fun game this is going to be tomorrow. Yeah, counting Georgia in Kentucky I count three games in the AP top 25 if you will include Maryland of undefeated teams so we're beginning to get into that time in the season where in the meat of the season where games regular season games are really becoming de facto almost playoff games to try and get into the final four at least into a conference championship Texas no versus Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl no doubt the premier game of the week Texas number three Oklahoma number 12 probably a little lowly ranked here there's a lot of undefeated teams abnormally heading into october right now uh i like texas in this game and honestly i like texas big in this game because i think that steve sarkeesian is the best play caller in college football and texas is healthy what i saw them do to a good kansas team last week they're going to turn around they're going to roll into dallas and they're going to take care of business i got to win in by 14 17 points before i give my pick and we get out of here plug everything this is uh on the line fridays brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air. Give them a shout out. Yeah, give them a call. Uh, check them out at www.sensegreen.com for air that is cool and clean. You better call Sense of Green and tell them that Uncle T Bone sent me and check my blog out at radiofreeauburn.com. Enjoy the off day tomorrow, Uncle T Bone. I have Texas winning by at least a touchdown. I think they're just that good, man. Texas is going to win tomorrow against Oklahoma. All of you listeners, thank you so much for being here each and every day. Uh, Happy to be back. Glad to be here. I'm looking forward to Monday where we'll recap a busy weekend in college football and and playoff baseball. Don't forget that all weekend long here on ESPN 106.7, including the Braves and Phillies game one of the DS tomorrow. Don't you miss it. We'll be back on Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.